0: refreshing thing is the way she looks at me uh-huh. because I kept coming from the place that I am broken there's something wrong with me I'm not good enough you know the typical mom guilt person sure. but she reflects like in her eyes I see the most beautiful person in the world like every day that she smiles mm. at me you know laughs with me I'm like oh she really thinks I'm awesome <laughs> Welcome
1: to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. It's Halloween Day 2022 as I record this, and I'm really excited that episode 93, already episode 93, I have Clara Sublachik today to introduce you to her. She is a molecular biologist, but today she works with mothers of toddlers turning tensions into opportunities for closeness. And as strange as that all sounds, like how does microbiology and parenting support fit in together, it truly, truly does. So, Listening to Clara is a treat. She is, her roots anyway, are from Northern Greece, Thessaloniki, and of course that's where I was during a good part of my search to find my kidnapped daughters in real life. And so I already feel I love Northern Greece, and I have a lot of friends who still live in the area or family members who are related to my former husband, and I don't know, i We'll never probably ever go there again, but it's such a beautiful place. So she really breaks down how things that happen to our parents or our grandparents and great-grandparents that we may never have met. I mean, many of us these days never get the opportunity to meet our forebears. But yet those same things, the history, can literally impact our day-to-day lives and certainly the lives of our children, as we parent. So I hope you enjoy the listen. In my news, I'm launching my Patreon page. So if you want to support this podcast or my writing or both, I'm offering a $2 and $5 a month option on my Patreon page. And what you get is more access in the monthly Q&As and just chance to hang out once a month. As well as the great feeling that you have a little halo that is developing because you are supporting a struggling artist, (laughs) somebody who spends a lot of money bringing writing and stories into the world, but would, you know, is looking to offset costs. So enjoy that opportunity should you like and always Always, always, it's such a huge honor to hear from you, and when you share the podcast and listen to it, it makes a huge difference. I hope you have a fabulous week. Enjoy some time for yourself, and definitely, definitely uh, enjoy your family and friends as you can. Just a constant reminder lately of things changing, either by someone dying or other things that happen in life that nothing is guaranteed and it's so important to take time for the connections in our life to strengthen them, the important ones, to let some go that maybe are costing us too much and aren't bringing out our best, and to never taking a moment for granted. Enjoy the day and enjoy this episode. Thanks so much. Welcome, for sisters and brothers. I am so very honored to have Clara logic today, who has a degree in molecular biology. And you may be asking yourself, what has that got to do with stories of persistence? It absolutely does. Clara now works with mothers of toddlers, probably and beyond, to strengthen connections. But before we get to Clara's work, I wanted to hear her very poignant story of how she came to be the Clara that she is today. So, Clara, welcome so much to Persistence You. Thank you for being here and hanging with me as I go through some technical difficulties.
0: <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much, Lizbeth, for having me. It's a joy to be I on your love podcast.
1: love having you here. And, you know, I, you and I were talking a minute ago and just the story. Tell us a little bit about your background and that one particular time that sticks in your memory as an inspiration to help other parents especially of toddlers strengthen mm-hmm. their connections
0: sure um so there's a lot of disconnection within our family that goes you know generations back and it all dates to uh to the civil war in greece and on the trauma and being re- you know as refugees and 30 years living abroad not able to come back losing you know friends family members just the whole family mm-hmm. suffered through it and my mom I don't think she ever had a true one-on-one parenting situation because you know they lived in poverty and she went to a a week-long boarding nursery school, which just sounds horrifying when you see your child only on Sundays.
1: Wow! So right. she literally
0: lived away in at yes. like a camp. Yes.
1: While the war was going on,
0: she was born after the war, but okay. her brothers were you know my grandma just grabbed her brothers and ran with them on her back with two toddlers, you know, and look at me now working with moms of toddlers. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it has, you know, something to do with that as well.
1: Your grandmother right. and from, from Greece, right?
0: From Greece. Yeah. Which part in
1: Greece do you, do you know?
0: North, Northern Greece. I love uh, that. Yeah. And they ran to Bulgaria. Then they ran to Hungary and then they ended up in Czech Republic after, you know, 10 years or so. And, um, my mom just shares this story that they the whole family would see each other on Sundays and she shares the story that her two older brothers saved the money they were getting for milk okay to buy her a dress and she would tell me that story that her brothers are running with this beautiful princess style white dress to her and giving her the dress and that was her you know favorite story of her family but Other than that, she wasn't really talking about things much. So I think all that lack of connection created that deep, deep disconnection within herself. And she really struggled parenting. And for some reason, schoolwork and grades were a big deal to her. She, you know, she would go corporal punishments if there was there were bad grades. Like if you made bad grades in school, where were you raised? I was raised in Czech Republic. Okay. Yeah, we settled there and uh she divorced and she was a single mom raising me but luckily my grandma lived with us still the great grandma so at least she had a little bit of help there right um so you know she would go pretty wild and one time i was afraid to go home and some lady found me crying in front of our house and she grabbed me and just walked me home and and then she went inside and talked to my mom about who knows what but i must have been like Eight and I just remember mom's voice going from pretty charged and tense to mellow. And then I heard the coffee maker going, and I was like, Well, they are just talking and making coffee. And I, you know, my heart was beating through my throat. Like the whole time I was like, my ear was glued, and I was listening for signs of that she's going for you know something to hit me with, and nothing happened. And the lady left, and mom just kind of shut herself in in the living room but didn't really retaliate and wow. that, hel- that helped from that you know fellow sister as you were you know introduced us as brothers and sisters like we mm-hmm. are all we are all going through the cycle of pain and healing and we are truly brothers and sisters in that cycle and the sister just showed up by you know having a kind heart and offering that heart to my mom who you know didn't have a chance to have her heart nurtured and that kind of I figured you know if I can help there a little bit
1: I love that because yeah. it took an act of courage for a total stranger to find a scared child who was crying because you knew your grade wasn't sufficient for your mother You're right yeah and it was going to be really difficult to paybacks would be very difficult for you
0: yeah
1: and for her to gently step in and provide that encouragement and time it's yeah. just wonderful that she took that time and, right. and I, I don't know.
0: yeah, I don't know what I would do now. Like I, I would probably just take the child in and call child services right. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she was just a gentle soul. So thank you. and I never met her I, I, you know, after that, but you changed my life a little bit because, you know, it was one less of a disconnection, one less of a rift between my mom and and myself. So.
1: I love that. That is really neat. You can also see your mother's heart that there are parents out there that would have gotten embarrassed and more angry mm-hmm. and retaliated against their children, but she yeah. clearly wanted to make some right decisions. Your mom. She ne-
0: needed, she just needed support. She just needed that, you know, a rest respite for a little bit just to right. breathe out and realize, okay, okay, this is where I am. And maybe I'm not entering this from the right angle and i feel like we all carry those disconnections those triggers with us and yes. sometimes they steal that moment from from us when we can decide am i entering this at the right angle am i really do i really need to do this and i always when it comes to mothering and parenting i'm thinking when i'm you know about to do something um, i have that chance now to to ask myself that quick question am i doing this to go closer to my daughter or is this bringing me further from her
1: i love that good question right right you don't you
0: don't need any scripts you don't need any you know courses you can just ask yourself that no matter with whom you are having that relationship at the moment you can just ask yourself if that person is dear to you and you're doing that is it drawing you closer or further from that person
1: Very good question. I love that. I love that. Now, your degree is so interesting and would seem to be unrelated to the work that you're doing today, but really research on intergenerational trauma is very clear. And so I suspect that you've done a lot of research on the baggage that children carry from sometimes grandparents and great-grandparents they've never met. Right. So if you could talk just a little bit about that, mm-hmm. that would be delightful.
0: My, I just I just love reading about you know, what's happening with our genes. And it all comes to the epigenetics, which is such a hot field right now. It comes to the gene expression that when you are raised in a point of stress, your genes express, different genes express. And then you live with those genes throughout your whole life and unless you have a chance to change that which you can now right the genes will kind of predetermine if you're gonna have you know you might be obese you might be more less resilient to stress you might have chronic disease you might just uh, you know succumb to those typical you know heart rate diseases things like that so it's really amazing, and it was shown on rats that when they showed the mom, you know, they electrocuted the mom when she smelled acetone, and then the babies were showing the same reaction as the mom, and they never smelled the acetone. Wow! But the mom had it built within her system and passed it to her, you know, offspring. So, poor in rats. Way, like you know, <laughs> if if our parents and grandparents were through stressful times,
1: right? They
0: didn't have a chance to raise their Offspring's children in a you know balanced environment, and then that just transfers to to you know through generations. And the beauty of it, I think, is that it's all it's all reversible, right? As long as we're alive, when willing and able yeah, to. Yeah, and you have you have the right tools. Like it took me a while. Like I you know saw that allopathic ways the is the way, and psychi- psychiatry, psychology, and I always gravitated towards that field and when I went to regular therapy it was an eye-opener but nothing was really happening for me and I just kept crying and re-triggering myself and I think I got more stress genes expressed at that time than than I was able to calm down and luckily I found emotional freedom technique the tapping which actually allows to in the moment you know, calm your genes, calm your response, calm your reactions, and then pet or you know decide from the point of calm or less less of agitation. Like the main the I think the most life-changing sentence within tapping is even though I feel this feeling, I accept myself. And that for me, from all the modalities, it, you know, stops you questioning yourself for having an emotion. It turns you into the acceptance, into understanding that it's totally normal to have them, that you don't have to shame yourself, that you can just accept yourself where you are and start moving from there.
1: I love it. It gives you that moment too, though. It seems like it gives you a moment with yourself before you react. you know, gives you a chance to respond and not react. And I love what you said about the rat study with the acetone. And I, I once read about children of nine 11 in the United States, when we had the twin towers decimated and women that lived around the area, I don't want to get this wrong, but women who were pregnant, who lived around the area when their stre- when they survived with their babies when their stress levels were tested and later on their born babies stress levels were tested they were the same like the baby didn't necessarily have to know what was right. going on but they were so close to their mother and they still had those same responses mm-hmm. so it is definitely real it's also oh. good like you said for you therapy wasn't the answer mm-hmm. but on the other hand there are
0: therapeutic interventions that are still helpful like tapping oh oh. tapping has changed my life changed my husband's life our relationship and it made it possible for me to become a mother because when i was shaped and parented in this disconnected harsh way i didn't really think i could be a mother because first my mom had this need to raise me as a boy initially so my (laughs) childhood programming went Completely different way. And I thought of myself as a boy for a long time. Mm-hmm. So to be pregnant as a boy, that's already impossible. Then the second burden or a second obstacle was it's really hard to. I don't think I could be a, a good mom. You know, I'm a bad person, so I cannot be a good mom. And the third one was that I had a sexual trauma that was stopping me from going, you know, undergoing any, any therapies or uh, treatment in the in the pregnant world because I just could not go and have you know go under just be calm and normal and just go for a for a visit so we we were struggling with me not wanting to be a mom and then when I wanted to we were struggling with infertility and I was like okay so I just said to myself even though you know I don't want to go anywhere. I hate doing this. I, I will, I am, I am, I will be a bad mother. I accept myself and I'm going to do it, you know, and tapping comes with also connect, connecting to your acupressure point. So through a couple of rounds, I got, I was able to reduce my, my resistance, my resistance, I would say. And, you know, now we have a child and it took a lot to, to have her. It was way more than just a regular IVF. This was like a magic of magics.
1: <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So now you have a little girl and now you help other parents, right. moms particularly it sounds as though. Yeah. And when did you start working with other moms?
0: I started working with other moms 10 years ago and funny enough I started with the ADHD field. Okay, because Uh, ADHD really responds to stress like kids do to sugar so if you can reduce the stress in the parenting world and work on the promoting the connection and understanding to your child then you got reduced symptoms already and then you become a really calm advocate of your child and you can go to the schools and instead of like there's something wrong with my child you can just look for you know, modalities and things to help him thrive instead of thinking that there's something wrong. And then you can change, you know, make changes at home and things that would really work towards your child. Okay. But you just become like this awesome advocate of your child. I love that. I started there. And then when I had my toddler, I, I realized that Toddlerhood is like a way for you to restart, like restart your eyes, restart your heart, restart your, because I, you know, I, I love this song from uh, Snow Patrol and one, one piece of lyrics, it says, forget what we are told before we get too old. And that just rings in my head, like, it's so true. And the child shows you every day. To parent from here and not parent from there. And if you have the tools to parent from here and nurture yourself in the moment, then you can start writing new stories and your own stories. And not following something that was, you know, told to you or done to you many, many years ago.
1: I love that. So you can be more in the moment and your toddler gave you sort of a reboot.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I follow her every day to daycare and um, she just sees joy, you know, simple without any healing, but she sees joy where I would never look. Right. She sees opportunities where I just Mm -hmm. shut myself down. Like, you know, my eyes and heart, both organs are very worn out, (laughs) like, especially my heart, but she's here and she's kind of refreshing the the look on the world. It's like, look, mom, you can see this here and this there. And the most refreshing thing is the way she looks at me. Uh-huh. Because I kept coming from the place that I am broken, there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough, you know, the typical mom guilt person. Sure. But she reflects like in her eyes I see the most beautiful person in the world. Like every day that she smiles mm. at me, you know, laughs with me, I'm like, "Oh, she really thinks I'm awesome." <laughs> that <is so> cool. <laughs> I love that. That is beautiful.
1: It seems like you've done a lot of work to be able to bring your best to her and the role of being a mother, but what a reward she has given you.
0: Yes. You know, every every day when I'm, you know, hanging in there by the thin hair of sanity, I'm like, this is a gift. Remember that. This is a gift. <laughs> this is a magic of magics. <laughs> I
1: worked hard for this gift. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Clara, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's so terrific. Well, I'm sure that other moms can really benefit from your authentic approach and, you know, from your wisdom of not just your education, but your years of work in the field. If someone wants to connect with you, through about your work, where is the best place that they can find you?
0: It would be my website right now. Okay. It's my name. They can find it in the show notes, but let's just try to spell yes. it out. spell it out. Clara with a K. Yes. A K-L-A-R-A. And my hmm. last name, Sedlacek, S-E-D-L-A-C-E-K.com. Hmm. And I have a little download there for parents who are struggling with tantrums. So they can either do that or just connect with me and we can see, you know, where they are. And maybe I can be the nurturing voice that they're looking for.
1: You can be just like that woman that, you know, walked you home and calmed your mother down and helped deescalate a really ugly situation. Mm
0: -hmm. Because even, even my mom parented from a very ugly place, it was not her fault. Right. And when you read that book, it did not start with you. It truly did not start with you. So somehow we all moms come up with this like, well, we are the worst and it's all our fault, and nobody else is to blame but us. But there it's not a blame game. It's it's you know it's a game of healing and supporting each other and finding joy in the world instead of you know finding guilt.
1: I love it. That's beautiful. And so the name of that book again is what?
0: The book it's called uh, it did not start with you okay and it's about you know intergenerational trauma and also as you talked about the moms of the of the 9-11 yes i highly recommend books from dr Uh, gabor mate who's a physician from vancouver where i where i live as well in canada and he worked with the homeless populations and with the impoverished people and with first first nations and he's just a trauma trauma person and he talks so much about the transfer of stress from mom to children and how s- maternal stress you know shows up in the in your life afterwards and he's he, you can listen to him on youtube or joe rogan like he's everywhere right now but he just has a really like a very similar story. He was born in Hungary and his mom was stressed by the war and he had to live with someone else when he was an infant. So, you know, all these disconnections right there and he he's able to kind of show on his life how things work. So, he's kind of like the guinea pig of trauma and showing everybody how things are. So, I would highly recommend his work. It's Mate <laughs> M A T E
1: and if you could email me maybe a link to a YouTube, that. then I could put that on because this show will be on YouTube as well okay. as the regular podcast channels. And thank you. Awesome. That is so incredibly helpful. I'm so inspired by the work that you're doing. And I just love Aww. that story. I really do. I love the story of you being walked home. That is a great origin of your story and why yeah. you do the work that you do. Great example. Thank you so much for being I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe. And I'll see you next week.
0: Proud member of the Podnougan Network.